Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Zidane apparently looked up and saw him and said, oh no. <laughs> Not you again. No. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, the podcast from Mundial Magazine that uh, caused kicking the cans on Instagram to DM us and say, the first time I've seen normal football-loving blokes normalise it, so thank you from the bottom of my heart. Love the pod so much, keeps me under the speed limit on the way to work so I can listen to it all. Keep fighting the good fight. Yeah. Which is really nice, not to get too preachy about it, but it is... um, it's quite nice. Means the world. Do you think that's because he hears you and Tommy talk about your journey and it sounds, you know, brilliant and, and, and honest and, and the right thing to do? And he looks at me on the videos and goes, "Oh, got <laughs> <laughs> the state of that goblin." Yeah. Yeah. And then I, there's, no. there's 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 old Sebi two cans next to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pike can pike cans white. Yeah. Pike can. We've got Birdo McGee. From the banks of the Lee. Oh, yeah, okay. There was Sebi from County Tyrone. There was Tommy McGurk, who was scared stiff of work, and a man from Bridge North called Big O. We had sailed seven years when the measles broke out and the pod lost its way in the fog. (laughs) And the whale of a crew was reduced down to two, just me and the captain's old dog. Then the ship struck a rock. Oh, Lord, what a shock. The headphones were turned right over, turned nine <laughs> times around, and this poor old pod was drowned, and the last of the Mundial Rovers. Yeah. Oh, well done. Shane McGowan, 1957 to 2023. Um, the only tenuous football reference I could think of with Shane was he was once in a band called the Millwall Chainsaws <laughs> with Spider, Spider Stacy, yeah. And they then became the, um, the Nipple Erectors, who became the Nips, and then later became the Pogues. Maybe that's what we could call ourselves. Oh, God. The, mi- <laughs> the Mundial Chainsaws. The Mundial oh, Chainsaws. Oh, the Mundial Chainsaws. <laughs> I like Have it. you ever used a chainsaw, by the way? Has anyone ever used a chainsaw? Once. Yeah. No. Terrifying. I, I would cause Great. mischief. <laughs> Great. Great. I'm too clumsy for that shit. You can't use a yeah. fucking treadmill. How are you going to use a chainsaw? <laughs> exactly. exactly my point. We it. are 4.8 <laughs> at Apple, five star on Spotify, and this is reminding you why you love football, a part of the ACAS Creator Network and a licensed chainsaw operating <laughs> podcast. Licensed already? Yeah, yeah. Licensed. Apart from Seb. No, no, definitely not. No Our license. arms are too long. He'd, he'd, be, he'd want to chop down his own edge and decapitate his next door neighbour. I would. Yeah. Uh, what does this button do oh fuck where's my fingers like Mr Tickles had to go and get a job (laughs) you'd be no good as Timber Joey I would be dreadful at Timber Joey yeah very bad but I'd like to see you try a massacre every home game (laughs) that's it adventures in clubland Indian Summers Loans, Last Chance Saloons, and a banging tune. Uh, today, James Bird is going to be taking us to Germany in the 90s. James, take it away, brother. We are going to Germany in the 90s. We are going to Paul Lambert. Oh, yes. So, in the summer of 1996, Paul Lambert leaves Motherwell. He's been at St. Mirren as a kid. He's been at Motherwell since then. Uh, He was the supporters player of the season that year. But with the new Bosman rulings in, his agent takes him around Europe, sells his wares. He has a trial at PSV, but he ends up going to... Did he? Yeah, a trial at PSV. But he ends up going to Dortmund. Great fact, James. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Research. See what you could do with bloody research. eh? Um, He goes to Dortmund, and this is an exemplary Dortmund side. They've won the league two years in a row. Um, And they're looking towards strengthening for a Champions League push. So Paul Lambert, he heads over to Germany. 
Um, they also sign Paolo Sousa, another central midfielder. And I think that I think that Lambert goes there thinking that he might be understudy to Sousa. But um, he plays very, very well. Keeps his place. Dortmund struggle a bit in the league, but they do very well in the Champions League. They qualify second in their group mm. um, and they get to the final. Now, Dortmund come up against Juventus in the Champions League <sighs> final. Now, this is, uh, you know, Boxic, Vieri, Del Piero on the bench, Juventus. <sighs> Lippi is manager. Who was the Dortmund manager at the time? It's Hitzfeld. Of course it is. Of course it is. The final is at the Olympia Stadion in Munich. Uh, and these are two teams with what what I would argue are their peak kits. <laughs> this is Dortmund's bright yellow and black with the big C. This is Juventus. They're wearing their change kit, the blue one with the yellow and the big yellow star, sort of oh, half, one, half, half on the sleeve, half on, half on the shirt here. Yeah, um, and all the accoutrements are there as well. Dortmund's coach is this black and yellow monstrosity as they roll into Munich. <laughs> their training kits are those incredible tracksuits of the yellow trim. Even the jumpers have got a big night mm. tick across the middle. This is this is the the mid to late nineties. This is these kits are sort of these are Mundial hero kits. <laughs> Very quickly, worth mentioning Juventus's third kit that season, which rarely ever gets <gasps> seen, was black. Oh, it's, very good it's the same. It's the same design, yeah. but yeah. black. It's fucking incredible. And there was a few of the kids when we were. There was a few of the kids when we were doing the cult issue. There was a few of the teams that had it as well. I think a Czech team had a white and red version of it. It's fucking incredible. Anyway, back wow, to that. that the, the third, the third kit and the goalkeeper kit. Yes, yes. The goalkeeper kit is incredible. Yeah, In- Maruzzi. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. that kit's never been sort of redone, the big star like that on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. So oh, cool. Amazing. So nice. Paul Lambert's opposite number for Juventus is a young man called Zinedine Zidane. So yeah, all the accoutrements are there. The coach rolls in. Paul Lambert um, has spoken about it since about him not having any nerves at all. He said he was surrounded by some brilliant players, some World Cup winners. He doesn't look like he has a nerve in his head, does he? If you look at Paul Lambert <laughs> on the touchline... Or when he does interviews, he doesn't look like there's a nerve in his body. <laughs> he always has the same facial expression. Yeah, whether it's yeah. good or bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Five nil up, five nil down, yeah. slightly red, yeah. a yeah. bit like someone's popped some porn, corned beef like that and poked eyes in it and drawn a smile on it. And that was good for when he was uh, <laughs> for when he was Wolves manager. I get it, right? I get it when players are so focused and so steel, steely like that, but... How can you not have any nerves when you're facing Juventus in the, in the Champions League final? Yeah, but do you have nerves walking in here? <laughs> Actually, I think Seb yeah. does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can hear his mouth orchestra from the end of the street. I think if you know you're at the top of your game, a, li- a little That's bit. True, but, you know, yeah, a little yeah, bit, fair. But, like... Yeah, I think you'd see it. You know, some some people are different, aren't they? Oh, exactly. Yeah. I think because he'd had, like, sort of nothing to lose. Like, I believe, like, because he... When he left uh, his previous club, he was actually, because he was on the Bosman, like you mentioned before, but he was being sent around on trial, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going to clubs on trial, so he didn't even know if he'd have a club necessarily, let alone a Champions League winning club. So maybe it's that sort of thing of like, well, I've got here, like... I think it's also you're in you're in the fucking Champions League final. Like, what what Enjoy. is being nervous gonna gonna do? Yeah, but I don't think it's any of that. I think some people are nervous and some people yeah, yeah, aren't, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair point. Maybe. I think it's a natural. Yeah. I don't think people sit there thinking about it to go. I won't be nervous today. I think you either are, you yeah. aren't, or you aren't. But him and Sousa, you'd be shaking like a shitting dog, and Mitt. I'd have my arm around you going, "Come oh, on, Birdo, we'll nah, get through nah, this. Nah, nah, we'll nah. get through this." If you play, I won't have that. If you play your game today, Birdo, you will fucking lock these lot up. Yeah, well, that, that's more like it. That's more like it. I ain't, I ain't nervous. I ain't, no, I ain't... I'm, I'm having to talk you through it. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. No like shit, dog. Yeah. <laughs> See me on the pitch. I'm not. I'm not scared of anyone. Yeah, but bef- no, 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 no. But before the game. Before the game. I'm trying to get you to focus. What What I think is you've what... just stuck a ball out of the Olympus Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> in, in practice. Yeah. In it's practice, just knocked some. Almost. It's just knocked some fella sausage out of his hand <laughs> yeah. outside the stadium. <laughs> And, you, and your arse has gone a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and I've picked up the ball and I've gone, I hate you. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, back to the game. Go on. Back to the game. Juve were on top, first 20 minutes. Um, and Sousa, what should I say? Sousa. And, uh, and Lambert switch it up. Basically, they go, Paul, you're on, you're on Zinedine. For the next 75 minutes, he's your man. And for the next 75 minutes, he is his man. <laughs> Paul Lambert puts in a man of the match performance against Zinedine Zidane. They go 1-0 up after 29 minutes and it's Lambert who puts the ball back in. 
Nice. Back into the yeah, box. Uh, five minutes later, they go 2 0 up and they go in at half time. And, and Paul, Paul Lambert is putting in, you know, a what you, what you would describe as a career defining performance mm. in front of 80,000 at the Olympic Stadium. They come back out. Uh, Del Piero scores a little flick, like one of those back heels, oh. like a Gianfranco Zola volley heel. Um, but Dortmund score again and they win the Champions League. Paul Lambert is man of the match. Now, I've got some quotes from Paul Lambert talking about that game and others because Paul Lambert, he, you know, he leaves the following November, that, that same year. Um, he goes to Celtic and the Dortmund fans serenade him. Yeah. He walks in front of the Sud Tribune with a gigantic yellow flag that says, thank you, uh, Borussia. Um, and it's sort of, you know, as adventures in Clubland go, it's one year. <laughs> it's just one year. The perfect time, I think. The perfect mm. time. Yeah. He's spoken with a lot of respect towards German football and about mm. how that influenced his coaching, mm. um, about how much he learned, about how he'd never looked at the game in the same way as he did when he was there. After Lambert had retired, he went to the Real Madrid training ground and Zidane <laughs> apparently looked up and saw him in and said, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Not you again. <laughs> so I think there was a lasting impact yeah. on that performance before obviously Zidane moves and goes on to do lots of yeah. other amazing things. The, um, the whole... Um, him marking Zidane out of the game reminds me of something I read this week. Obviously, we're recording uh, not long after um, Terry Venables uh, died. Yeah, yeah, a brilliant uh, tactical coach, and there was he'd spoken to um, a journalist at length about this, and it was like why he didn't use uh, Matt Letizia. And you know, I know Matt Letizia is now you know fucking banana man, but at the time, you know, obviously at this at this point, he was a very very talented number ten and the sort of player you thought England would be crying out for. And he'd obviously played with Shearer at Southampton before in their careers, but it wasn't about that. So the reason he didn't want to play him is because not only was Letizia was obviously brilliant, he loved his talent, but he said he didn't run enough. So all that would happen is they'd put their worst player on our best player to stop him. Yeah, yeah, mm. and. We'd be ten against ten, but we'd—they'd only be losing their worst player, and we'd be losing our best player, and then we'd have oh, no creativity. What a great we'd have way no creativity, So that's why just—that's why didn't—that's why I didn't use him. Ah. I'm not saying Paul Lambert is the worst player in the like. What is? Yeah, but maybe it is. You know, it's a similar thing. It's like. And if you go back to the '66 final, they, Charlton and Beckenbauer were both instructed by their own coaches to man mark each other, weren't they? And they—they they basically marked each other out of the game. But that was kind of the opposite, like the two best players on the pitch. It's like it's like getting your pawn to chase the queen around yeah. on the chessboard. Yeah. And have you noticed how James, now he's got long hair, looks like the um, girl like the Queen's Gambit? What, Anya Joy? <laughs> yeah, that's why I kept sending you those pictures the other day. Did you not try? I sent you about five pictures going, here you are, look, playing chess in, oh, the, in never, the mental asylum. I never opened it, really. Oh, you mean when she's a child? Both. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't mind. Stick, a bit, of, stick a bit of rouge and a bit don't of lippy mind. on you. Do it then. <laughs> so yeah I think as an adventure in Clubland goes I think it's a, a brilliant sort of small slice of a single person's career that you can even whittle down to one game I yeah. think to be able to do that as far as adventures in Clubland go to become he was the first um, the first British person to win with a non-UK club I think it's a pretty good adventure in club London. I think it's pretty good. German football, when I was growing up in the 80s, it was it was quite impenetrable. Right? Mm. It was still Western East German leagues. Yeah, of course. Um, you sort yeah. of knew that the, the teams existed and stuff like that. But, you know, the fact that Keegan went out there, I know yeah. it's the one that's most talked about, but Keegan goes to Hamburg and wins back-to-back -back Ballon d'Or yeah. and, yeah. and stuff like that. And I think more players should go. I love it. I love going yeah. to Germany. Oh, yeah. Well, Murdo McLeod McLeod was at Dortmund a few years before. I mean, the late late. There's 80s. been a Murdo. Yeah, yeah. There's been a Murdo <laughs> McLeod. So he had a, he had a three year spell at, at Dortmund, and and I think obviously those sort of things remain in in people's thoughts and certainly fans' thoughts. So a, a, a Lambert esque player always almost, but yeah, Adam, Jude, Jude I Bellingham that. of course as well. Exactly. Well, was, well, more so now. well, I th I think that play like Glasgow and Birmingham especially mm. from going to Dortmund recently. I think they're quite similar. Right. I, think I think Glasgow and Birmingham, you can relate quite similarly to Dortmund, industrial heartlands, cities. Um, I think they're both prettier cities than Dortmund. Glasgow and Birmingham. Yeah? Yeah. 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 
But the, the, I enjoyed, loved it. I loved it. We had a fucking great time. They're industrial pla- industrial places with rough edges. Yeah. So one of my favourite adventures that though, because yeah. it just still blows my mind. I didn't remember him as a player. I just remember him as the Aston Villa manager. And then like when my dad or a mate told me, it's like he won the Champions League. You know, like yeah, yeah. him. Yeah, man of the match in that the lo- final. Yeah. I love the fact that, that Roy Keane popped up at his assistant at Villa for a few years. Oh yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Had his insanity beard, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. 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 Did. Oh God, yeah, fighting a Gabby Agbong Lahore and. Do, do, the thing is with Keane, does he is he really surprised why no one hires him as a manager? No, no, I don't think no, he is anymore. Think so. No, not no. anymore. No, he seems quite. Yeah, I think he knows. You're no. a mental cunt, Roy. You fight mm. the players. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You did it as Ireland. You know, fucking early man. <laughs> Yeah. Like he was having fucking public spats with Irish players when he was assistant manager there, wasn't he, the mad fucker? Do you remember? There was well, one, he, one player missing because he had a kid, his missus had a kid that morning. He went, oh, he, hasn't, he hasn't given birth. The missus <laughs> has done all the hard work. Yeah. Why can't he turn up for training? <laughs> but he, that's it. But he, he just, he can't help himself. You see him now yeah. in the fucking, in, in, the, in the gantry and the Twitching. fans are chanting at him and he can't ignore them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He can't, and he can't even do something funny back to them. He just gets livid. He gets livid. Watch the game. Watch the, Watch game. the game. Don't film me. Watch the game. The only Roy. person who doesn't make him livid is Ian Wright. He just makes him like. <laughs> and Meeks. <laughs> yeah, and Meeks, of course, yeah. It's dark in the evening, it's dark in the mornings, and the world is pretty miserable. What you need in your life is more joy. And issue 28 of Mundial Magazine is celebrating the joy of attacks. The three R's, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho and Rivaldo. We've got Romario, Stoichkov, Steve Bull, Statman Dave off the radio, he's in it. He's talking about Ronaldo, Rooney and Tevez. And Seb talking about a couple of Yeovil players nobody else can remember the name of. You wouldn't have it any other way. Go to mundarmag.com now to subscribe or find out more. 101 things to do in football before you die. And it's starting to dawn on me that we should probably just let Seb do these. Because he's done them all. He's done everyone, and he could probably do a book of 1,001 things to do in football before oh. you die. And um, I'm just going to say recently, when Seb went to um, off to Scotland to write his Motherwell piece for the current issue of the magazine, which you can which you can buy now from mundalmag.com, he took himself a little half day. Didn't necessarily tell his line manager or, or request it in, in bamboo. Um, but it seems like he had a lovely time, and he's going to tell you all about it now. <laughs> just to clarify... It did work either side of this and a long train back. But anyway, it's did, all did you request the day in lieu in the um, in the HR system? No, 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 no. <laughs> Doesn't believe in systems. <laughs> no, that's not true. I'm a very much. A no, no, he man. loves a four-five-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, ah, come on, I'm a four-four-two man all day long. Yeah. Surely, don't talk about the fucking enemy on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, he actually likes the enemy as well, don't you? Seb? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, anyway, I am going. Yes, let's take me back to. Let's go back to Glasgow because I and I did mention them, the the hospitality of people in Glasgow be, being, and the people of Glasgow being so welcoming and so amazing. But I, I wanted to be more specific because my hundred and one things to do in football before you die is when you're in a. A, a, a new place, a new city, is to go and do something football history-wise, not just go and watch a game. Try and find out the history of the area. Now, it's easily done. Easier done in some places than others, you know. I mean, obviously, Glasgow, as we'll find out, Glasgow has got an incredibly rich history, which even I didn't know about. To be fair, even you, even I didn't know about, and and I was, um, yeah, well, let's. This even I stuff. Let's take. Let's remember for even for new listeners that we had a quiz at one point, and you were bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> even you. Although, impression. although, friend of the mag, friend of the pod. Yeah. Um, Tayo did text me the day and say, "Tell Rain Man I've got my quiz tonight." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he exactly. wasn't talking about me or Birdo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But I was in Glasgow, and I thought, right, well, I, I could go and do the stadium tours at Celtic and Rangers, but I'd like, I'd, I'd like to see them. In, in game situation, as much fun as it is being in an empty stadium, it's still never the same as being there for a game, is it? No. Uh, and I, I've been no. following some people online recently. They do a walking <laughs> tour of the football history in Glasgow. Now, I'll be brutally honest. I thought, that sounds like a bit of fun. I'll um, be brutally honest. I fucking couldn't sign up quick enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also true, but... Can I pay double? I will say this now. <laughs> it was genuinely... 
an absolute <laughs> treat from start to finish. And so, I won't... so where? Do, so do, yeah, if, if so... anyone who's thinking of doing this, where do you start? Yeah. How much did it cost? Give them, give them the salience. I think, well, they they gladly, as a member of the Mundial fraternity, I, I didn't have to pay for it, which was very nice. Oh, oh my God! Um, Trust pilot. <laughs> I you did. didn't have to pay for it. You just <laughs> you just had to speak for it for ten minutes on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's been no, nothing has been exchanged here. Nothing's been exchanged. I was more than happy, oh. and I offered to pay, and they and they they refused. Anyway, you start probably about ten, fifth, probably fifteen minutes walk from Hamden, on a field that just looks like a park, a gen, a generic park, and from there, the whole of football's history can be traced back to the, that way you're stood. That's and I said, I don't want to give... Too, not, not a bad start. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away because I think it, I learned so much on this talk. But essentially, you're in a park in, in Glasgow, not too far from Hamden. And where you are is the, sign, is the site of the first, first proper football club, the first, which then turns into the first like, enclosed stadium, which then turns into the first season ticket, which then turns into the host of the first international. And then, like, literally, every, there's so many firsts that they kept talk, telling me about. I was like... You're like no, a virgin this is, touch this for the is, very first This time. is incredible. This is, in, <laughs> this is incredible. When your heart beats. Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and it's so well explained. And you might think, oh, it, it, is it too geeky? It's not. It's so well explained, and they just explain it really, really well. And you do genuinely... I genuinely got, like... As I got, went round, and then we went on to the Hamden Bowling Club, which is the site of the first ever international, which was England-Scotland in 1872. And again, there's some more story there because no one really knew where the first international game was, and then it turns out it's actually where this bowling club was, and there was a game on during the day, but you were literally standing where 151 years ago the first ever international took place. Crown Green or Lawn? Oh, God, that's a good... What's it? The Lawn is the... Which one is the one that... Peaks. Well, crown. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was law, but there was a, yeah, it was a lovely day and it was, and you go in there and, and, and you find out you're sat in this bowling club, which is a beautiful bowling club, but the history is just, you know, even the, it's still, the building that the bowling club is in was an old, um, and there's a lot of connections with cricket, which I think you guys would love. There it. is, you yeah. would absolutely yeah. love it. The, the impact of cricket on the um, establishment of football as a proper sport yeah. is huge, especially up in, yeah. up in Scotland. Well, 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 whatever, AC Milan yeah, or a cricket no, club. Exactly, yeah. and I must exactly. admit, again, I didn't know fully the full impact, but this... Essentially, it was because churches had cricket teams mm, and exactly. that gave the men something to do during the summer yeah, and then yeah. during the winter the men had exactly. nothing to do so that's how it's exactly exactly and it, it it was amazing and you're sat in this bowling club and and it and you do genuinely feel like you're in a place of real history it just if you drove past it on the side of the road you would think ah oh, it's just a bowling club what sort of interior are we talking about in there is it got all the old like wooden signs on oh, the wall with club wonderful. champions yeah, and all yeah, that yeah yeah and it's got the actual old photos men with big moustaches the structure hmm. of the club is the actual structure used was actually from an old cricket clubhouse from way back when, where W.G. Grace had played and actually been in this clubhouse that had been moved to this point. So the history is unbelievable. And little gems like Hamden Park, it was called Hamden because it was named after a John Hamden, who <laughs> is an Englishman who rose up against Charles I in a, oh, wow. a civil war. And because he did that, the Scottish people see him as an anti-authoritarian figure but yeah the, the guy who Hamden Park is named after is an Englishman and then you go on then you've just, that's just that little bit that's just the start that's just the start and then the next day I went to Hamden Park the actual you know the actual stadium and again you go there and you go we went on the muse we went on the tour we went into the museum and it's just they're so proud of it and they're so pleased with what they you know what the place what what the amount of history is there. It's just such a lovely thing to do. And and this is how important it is if, if you know, people always talk about how important these football really is. It, you know, the, the most, most important of the least, of least important, important things. things. But mm. Glasgow, the, all the people that are doing this, they're trying to make it a UNESCO heritage site because of that much history. Because it all pins back to the, this that small part of Glasgow that everything that happened in football ever has come from there. And Brilliant. It was like genuinely. It was a brilliant, brilliant tour. The Hamden tour was great. The guy was super knowledgeable, and the museum. We didn't have enough time to do it really because uh, I had to get back and do some work, obviously on the train. <laughs> um, but no, it, 
I was, I, I was. Owen looks pleased. I was surprised, but also delighted, and also delighted that people were still keeping these things going in this day and age. Because you think the internet and you can find everything out on Wikipedia and stuff like that, but you really don't get a sense of a place until you're actually in there, do you? And walking tours and things like that. It it was just so brilliantly done, and I think, and you can actually see, you can actually see the bank where the train where the train is where that, that would have been the bank of the terracing for the first ever game. So you oh, can wow. put yourself... Oh, in, you can take yourself back and... Uh, I want to go. I would You've sold it to me. recommend it. I mean, I'm booking my tickets now. Yeah. Should we go? But I think it does go to... When you go to a place, football is an easy... The game is always a good thing to go to and tick off a stadium of course, and stuff. Yeah. But there's there's always little nuggets, isn't there? You know, I imagine there's a... I imagine there's a fucking great one. I bet there's a great walking tour of Manchester about the old history of United and Man City. Yeah, I do it on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, exactly, I think. We that... went to the um, the Bran Museum, didn't we? We did. Some interesting stuff yeah. there, Bran Bergen. Yeah. yeah. We went to that. I've been to, um, yeah, I've been to, quite, I've been to quite a few. Yes. Yeah. I've also went once to um, Hearst Castle. And Hearst Castle is William Randolph Hearst, who was the newspaper, the original um, media magnet in um, in the US, who um, Citizen Kane was loosely based on. Uh, oh, uh, right, uh, right, right, right. Um, he had this incredible castle built in, in California. And me... And um and Sifa, friend of the friend of the pod, formerly of this parish. Um we we went and the place was so big, there were seven different tours of it, which pissed me off because I wanted to do all seven, but we couldn't, so we just wow, chose one. Seven. But at one point this place had its own landing strip, had its own zoo. Oh. It's this gigantic place. Wow. And the first time we stopped, the, the man said, Any questions? And Sif went, oh, yeah, I've got a question. How many people died in the building of this? And you can imagine what this programmed American <laughs> He nearly melted, the bloke did. (laughs) One thing that I always like to do is speak to someone who is a historian or a lecturer or something of a very, very specific subject. And within that are football clubs. So I think I've interviewed the historian of... Uh, Wolves, historian of yeah. Port Vale, historian of Charlton, and they're oh, always and that Cornish and that Cornish fellow who nearly abducted you. What Dave? <laughs> yeah, Dave, what, De- Dave? Dave Deacon. <laughs> no, we just went to some games. No, I just I just went down to Cornwall and spent the weekend in this old man's car. <laughs> you did, yeah. You did. He'd ring in the results. Oh. It was great. But point is, is that even though you might not think that the history of Port Vale. Or Charlton is necessarily something that you want to know. Yeah, about. but it's the social history as when, well. Isn't when, it? Exactly, and when exactly, you speak yeah. to someone who yeah. spends their life looking into those very, very specific things, they're so interesting to talk to. In- and they are more they interesting, are, James, than ninety percent of the games you go and watch in the stadiums yes, by a long way. They That's are, true. and they are the gatekeepers of that knowledge, and that knowledge has to be passed on to the next person, mm. so that in thirty years' time, when Ava wants to go and exactly. find out the history of X or Y or Z. There's someone mm. there to tell them in an engaging way that isn't just scrolling through. With this is why getting the facts right is so important for journalists as well. And I learned that lesson very early and someone said to me, you've got to double and treble check because otherwise, and the right thing doesn't get passed down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 100%. Get passed down. Yeah. Has anyone been to the Barstrom and Drib Museums? I've been to both. And I, what I was surprised by was how much of both were dedicated to basketball. I know they're big, but like that's a huge part of both both of their clubs, isn't I've, it? I've been to the Barcelona one when I was very, very young, and it really annoyed me because I bumped into a girl from school underneath it, and it's like like going to Barcelona quiz- when you're a kid in the eighties feels like you're going to the moon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. And underneath it, I bumped into Joe Warwick from school. What are you doing there, Joe? Did you know well, she they was were their parents like I was as well? But mad. It, yeah. Not not that mad now when you think about it you bump into people you know all around the world but then it really pissed in me off in the 80s yeah yeah I was like I don't want to see anyone from fucking Shropshire <laughs> come to Barcelona you have to look at me every Friday yeah it was also the same t- the same time my um, the same holiday my dad ate a full plate of pig's knees oh god a full plate of pig's knees. Yeah, he ordered the special, thinking he was like, yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. he was bloody Keith Floyd. <laughs> and you can see people in the in, in, in you can see the waiters laughing. I still remember it. And they basically bought him a plate of pig's knees. And fucking fair play to him, he ate the lot. Go on, jeez Louise. Crunched and cracked through them. Oh, Go on, Issue 28 of Mundial is out now and it's crammed full of brilliant football stories that you won't read anywhere else. For instance, there's an amazing story of the social history of Besiktas and their fans. 
there's a ridiculous photo story of scarecrows being made in the fields of France. There's our editorial director, Owen Blackhurst, who is pretending to pump some iron over in the corner of the room at me, talking about what it would be like to go to the gym with all sorts of footballers and managers. And then there's the cover story, which is all about the most joyful attacks in history. Go to mundialmag.com to subscribe. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you do today, uh, Tommy, mascots of the world unite and take over in the style of Shane McGowan doing Morrissey? Mascots of the world unite and take over. <laughs> Tommy Stewart. Never done that before. Get that lad in a band. Get, get him on the stage. Him, you should be on the stage. Get him on the stage. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Today, mascots of the world like unite and take over is me. Well, sort of. We were going to, and we will a little bit talk about uh, what's Watford's wind-up merchant in chief. It's bloody Harry the Hornet, isn't it? Oh. oh yeah. Um, one of the modern icons of mascotry in this country. <laughs> yeah. I would oh, say. One hundred percent. Most famous to... Well, he is. He is. No, it's true. He is. Mo, he is. I would say most famous for in 2016... Um, <sighs> Celebrating with a dive behind uh, Will Sahar, who had tumbled for a penalty. <laughs> Sam Allardyce at the time called him an idiot or whatever. It, it resurfaced a couple of years later when the teams met again. And uh, Roy Hodgson was asked about it before a game and um, went fucking apeshit. <laughs> just, just fucking lost it. He just went apeshit. Well, I, I would hope if our manager, if our mascot was doing that, well, I'd bloody tell him. I think it's pathetic. Yeah. It's pathetic. Wilf doesn't dive. And obviously, as the internet does, and Roy Hodgson, one of the things he's regularly. <laughs> Sort of failed to understand throughout his managerial career, managerial career at the latter end of it, is the the internet yeah. and yeah. social media and how, how much he is a, an actual fucking living, breathing meme. Um, oh, but, you don't need to take the piss. Yeah, I'm not taking the piss. Well, I think you are. Yeah. I think you are taking um, the piss. An angry man. I mean, me and a combative man. Me and Seb saw him once walking through Richmond, didn't we? And he was yeah. fucking skipping down the road, he sprightly, was. big long Roy, legs. Did you hear that? Well. Did you hear his Hodgson yes, impression just there? <laughs> He's very, very good at impressions. Yes. Oh, I think you are taking the piss. Yeah. I think you are taking the fucking piss. <laughs> but anyway. I've um, seen him in Richmond a few times, yeah. But anyway, so it Get was... the train. But it got a bit, da- it, 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 it got a bit dark after that. Gareth Evans, the bloke who played Harry Hornet at the time, and he's now back in the costume. Um, he, had to, he had to give it up because of the Ferrari online. Um, his address was published by tabloids, Palace fans ringing him up and was sort of after him a little bit and it, it got very, 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 very out of hand. But there's, he's been famous for a few other things, celebrating with um, a Gallo and stuff like that and he, uh. you know, obviously as most must got to do, he does a lot of good stuff and if you look on his Twitter feed, um, he always signs off with HHB heart football and thumbs up. So HH, XXX, and then the B emoji, the heart emoji, the football emoji, and the thumbs up emoji. Thumbs up. A little, a little sign off like Glenn Hoddle used Glenn to do. Glenn Hoddle. With the sunglasses. <laughs> well, I was obsessed with this, and no one sort of, I had no one to talk to about it for a while until, until I just sat down with, I think you lot, and went, yeah. Has anyone noticed about Glenn Hoddle using the sunglasses emoji? And then we went through them all. And, and Seb asked him about it. And it turned out, he said, because then people know I've written that tweet. Because yeah. when my daughter or son does it, they do some other stuff. Yeah. Anyway, back to wow. Harry the Hornet. So um, I, I, I pulled a few links and stuff like that. But then I remembered 
that um, Rookery Mike is one of the very good guys, a, a very well-known Watford fan. And mm. we interviewed him for Giant a few years ago and haven't spoken to him a lot since, but he was a lovely fella and always said, if there's anything you ever need, give us a, give us a call. So I uh, slipped into his DMs the other night um, when he'd been to the game and he said, give us, a, give us a call. So Tommy got in touch with him and he also had a little lovely little Easter egg for us and for you that his brother Andy, who had actually been Harry the Hornet once. Elton John... Graham Taylor, John Barnes and Luther Blissett, Troy Deeney and Harry the Hornet, all Watford legends. Uh, and I think there's a number of facets to, to Harry the Hornet. And yes, I am going to try and pitch it to you that a football mascot is multifaceted. And one of the most important things, and and to be quite serious for a moment, is Watford are, you know, their family uh, reputation as a family club is something that is held very dear um, by us as supporters and by the football club as a whole. And what Harry the Hornet does is brings delight on a regular basis to families. Kids' eyes light up when they see Harry. He has mastered this incredible sort of dad dance technique that he does. And he tends to do it in front of the away fans, which is absolutely superb because initially the away fans get riled and start chanting at him and some get angry. And then you can see the slow realisation that they're getting angry with a man in a Hornet costume early in the 19... At some stage in the 1990s, I think it's before a game with Wolves, he had a... Um, he got married because, of course, a Hornet would get married um, on a football pitch before a, before a game in uh, Division 1. Um, yeah, he married Harriet the Hornet, of course. We haven't seen Harriet since, so quite what happened there. Perhaps that is something for a, for a follow-up episode. But Harry is... Yeah, he's a fixture of Vicarage Road. We're very, very proud of him. Long may he reign. He's also sent a picture of his brother in as Harry the Hornet. Um, wonderful. As he said to me, he said, I will get my brother to talk if you want, literally inside the head of the legend. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mad world, isn't it? be funny if you press play now and it just went... (laughs) Four four minutes and 28 seconds. No wonder Roy got pissed off. Uh, Me as Harry the Hornet, I uh, remember it well. Um, There was very little instruction, as I remember. As soon as I was in the outfit, I was uh, pretty much on my own. You almost feel famous because everybody wants a piece of you. There was kids wanting autographs, which is a, a, a conundrum in itself. It's like, what do you sign? How do you sign this? And I had been uh, asked not to say anything. Harry doesn't talk um, back in those days. Um, so I was signing all these autographs, walking around the stadium as it was filling up. To be honest, feeling quite self-conscious. Um, once you realise that nobody knows it's you in there, you can really enjoy yourself. So um, I just had a bit of fun with the crowd, giving giving autographs and, and playing with the kids. Some of the funnier kids, some might say, tried to nick my gloves, etc. Pull my tail, trip me up, all those sort of things. Um, but all in all, um, I was growing into the role. You get called up for the uh, fo- captain's photo um, at, at the, at before kickoff. I think it was November 2011, this game against Portsmouth. Um, and it was bitterly cold. But, geez, that, that suit gets exceptionally hot. And even though it was cold outside, I was warming up rapidly. Um as the game wore on. Um, It was hard work. It was really, really hard work. I think I lasted to about 70 minutes before I headed back to the, to the tunnel, handed in the suit and, um, and watched the rest of the game from the stands. So, I mean, looking at Harry today, utmost respect for him. He's an absolute legend. The guy who does it. That was mascots (laughs) of the world unite and take over. That was really good. You know when you said mascots of this week is me, I was half thinking that you were just gonna move <laughs> your hat and unzip, and You're there was skin. gonna be someone completely different that we'd never ever seen before, just dressed in an orange suit. <laughs> and he'd been he'd been wearing the suit for the last ten years, and none of us had ever realised. Just inside there was like just a little inside. diddy man, kind of yeah, controlling you. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, you're mad. <laughs> Hang on. All right, okay. that's, 
That's, Matt James, I'm, I'm actually Owen. That's why Owen's like that. There's someone controlling him. <laughs> yeah. Someone inside. He, he can't help it. Yeah. There's someone inside. It's like R2-D2. <laughs> Look, he's thinking about it now. He's a bit worried. He's a bit worried about whether it's true. Oh, so that's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Just turns the heat up really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ins and outs, outs and ins. What is it? Sum up in a few words or a phrase. Describe why it is in or out. Make it fun. Woo! Whoa! <laughs> we are going to start with um, everyone's favourite dickhead, James Bird. S N O P D O G. Wow. I mean, of all the songs Snoop's done in his time, of all the fucking luxurious intros he's done to you songs. Want, you, you want? Well, I'm not going to. Do most of those? Am I on these on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, none of them are as good as the Just Eat song. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> what's uh, what's Snoop done? What's he done now? He's posted this video. Yeah, <laughs> posted this video, and it's just him sat in his car, and he just smiles at the camera. And he's like, "Sometimes, man, you know." And then the main song from the Disney animated film Frozen let it Stop go playing, let it go let, let it, it go, go. And, and and as like the key changes he sort of closes his eyes leans his head back sort of looks to the side as it changes again and he's mouthing the words and he's like you know sometimes you just gotta go and get in the car on your own and listen to Frozen <laughs> <laughs> and I just, there you go Snoop Dogg singing Frozen is in Tommy Stewart can we hit it please I told you it's cold up north where they eat chip bombs and a man wears shorts. These times when I chill with Harvey, you know that I got a nick sort of from George and I heard your EP put it on pause and you taught them things, but you got an import. No, nope. far from a bad man, ah, could you not that guy? You don't want that what? I'm telling you something, you ain't got though, you ain't getting them dumplings. Hit that belly on munch. She sounds like A star. So that is Lady Ice, who is from Manchester. I, I went to see Manchester Giants, the basketball team, recently, and I heard it, and I said to my friend, who the fuck is this? And she said, it's Lady Paging Ice. Paging me at 5.36 in the morning. <laughs> Crack a dawning. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, oh, incredible lyricist. I messaged Lady Ice. I said, I work for Mondial, and I just wanted to give her a shout-out because she's from Manchester. She's a great rapper, very talented, and she's on the rise, and she's she's done a few, like, you know, uh, one extra sessions, etc. Fire in the booth, and she's fucking sick, as you just heard. So, huh. just a shout out for a, a local, well, not local to you guys, but local to me, Manchester musician who I think is very, very talented. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah I was I um, rated that. I yeah. went down a bit of a Lady of Rage wormhole the other day. Actually, one of the original uh, queens of hip hop from a, a long time ago, who, who, who was on a lot of stuff. And then, and then, and then, and my the Spotify algorithm ended up playing "Shoop" by Salt and Pepper. Mm. She's got some bloody filthy lyrics. <laughs> yeah, in Lady Ice. Yes, well thank done. you, yeah. thank you. Seb, in Foster's Ice. No, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> remember Foster's Ice? Weird, yeah. wasn't it? Remember? Um, you remember? Hoppers. <laughs> Hoppers, the Sri Lankan restaurant that me and Owen went to the other day. Ooh. It was delightful. The food was lovely, delicious, mm. and yeah. Only I, man I've ever seen eat a mutton roll with a knife and fork. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, what's fucking hell? Mutton, your mutton rolls, your hoppers, hoppers, yeah. hoppers. Your lovely black pork curry. Oh, I would rec- very much recommend. And the lovely uh, ginger beer. Genuinely, if you haven't been before, Owen's talked about it a lot, and it is only around the corner from our office. Yeah, not, it's I've been it's very nice. good, not spicy enough for me, I would say, because because Sri Lankan proper Sri Lankan food is terrifyingly hot. Mm. Proper Sri Lankan food is is hot. Even my missus calls it terrifyingly hot. Really? Yeah, it's in. Um, I am putting in uh, a shameless plug for the hat trick. Oh, oh yes, yeah. which is our new subscriber newsletter. Um, if you subscribe to the magazine, you get it. Um, if you don't, you can. If you live abroad and you're looking to get a taste of Mandal and you can't, aff- you know, you can't afford postage or you don't want to pay it or you love trees or or whatever, uh, it's magazine quality writing into your inbox every Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's um, one ninety nine or one dollar ninety nine a month or nineteen ninety nine a year. Um, 
First couple are out by now. Um, three stories, one theme, good writing, a lot of fun to put together. Um, it's another format we've got, uh, like this podcast, that gives us um, gives you more more of us in between um, magazines. And, and, and now publishing on social is a bit of a waste of time, really, because um, you know we know X is hell and um, Instagram's fine, but... Mm. You know, it's 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 a scroll, isn't it? We all know it. It's mm-hmm. you know, engaging. it's an algorithm battle. It's an algorithm battle, engaging with stuff. So we wanted to do more. You know, we wanted to take stuff in a little bit, and um, you know, if people want us, you're gonna have to come to us. It's brilliant. It's really good. It's really exciting. Three, three, three features, one theme every week. Fish bash bosh. Class. Okay, out, James Bird. The song from Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying. Out. Oh, I'm waking up with it in my head. I'm going to sleep with yeah, it in yeah, my head. Yeah. Pour one out. Pour one out for all the dads, brother. You're not the first and you won't be the last. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Out. Definitely. See ya. Tommy. Ryanair. See, I'm glad you've put this in, right? What are your reasons first before I start? Yeah, so I, I have a case study example of when... Um... Lost case study. <laughs> Uh, no, that's good. Recently, I went on a flight. My friend um, basically forgot to check in. But do you know how much the charge is? If 40 you don't pounds. Even more now, mate. Oh, right. was it? it was 20 when it last happened Fif- to me, but that was a while ago. £53 each. Really annoying. £53 each. But we got to the counter, and God, the guy was a fucking asshole about it as well. Did not give a fuck. Just like £53, no compromise. And we just like, well, we're just going to have to do this. £53. Well, there is... Um, Rules are rules for a start. Well, well, I know, I know. Yeah, I fucking hate Ryanair. Well, yeah, hate them. I did before re- this. Refuse to fly them. Yeah, I've not. Um, for a few would, years. would pay. I'd actually actively not go to a place if the only way I could find it was Ryanair. I think same now. But there is. They are one of the business success stories of the last twelve months. Remarkably, soaring profits and stuff like that, which tells you everything you need to know about the world we live in. However, they're going to be fucked because there is new legislation coming in about all these hidden charges that go on flights. Oh right. If you ever look at the breakdown of your of what a <laughs> it's flight crazy. is, it's all the extras. So all this extra stuff, extra fucking, like the whole like pay ninety quid now to choose your seat. It's like yeah. just fucking let people choose their seats. You cunts. Yeah. Makes them, I hate it. I, I hate hidden charges and extra. To be charges. honest, the lack of legroom alone is yeah. like it's not worth it for that. Like and we, we paid the 19, plastic. Oh, the pl- plastic. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Seats. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Yeah, the the, um, the, the fellow. What's his name? Michael. Michael oh, he's a, Mike, he's a cock, Michael O'Reilly. Cocky cunt, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, Rhino Air. I'd like to hit him with a steel chair, like in the wrestler. Same era. Right, <laughs> right, right across the back. Yeah. Not the head. I'm not, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to don't cause lasting. Oh my God, no, 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 Blackers. Against the back. He's going to make a big noise. A fake wrestling chair. A proper chair. They're not fake. They're not fake. No. The wrestling chairs. No. Are you they kidding? Be. What do you think they're made of? Well, they're not made of foil. No, I'm not saying they're made of foil, but they must be. No. No, no. They just know how to take the bumps. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when Brock Lesnar used to be at it, he just he just didn't full full ball with it. I hold my hands up. I thought nothing were, is fake. You know, it's, it's more real than fucking non-league football, sir. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> fucking. This uh, has been reminding you why you're wrestling. <laughs> right now, right. fucking out. Thanks, sir. Seb, pianos at train stations seems niche, but what do you mean? What? Well, I'm they're just this. there. What fucking it, train station? A piano in it? Burger lot, Houston, King's Cross, King's Cross. Manchester, Houston, loads and Houston. For Christmas? No, no, no. all year round. Always. And people playing them? Yes, yeah. people just turn up and like, oh, I know what, what you mean. No, hang on, hang on. So you could just turn up, or they have actual like train no, professionals. Anyone, no, anyone, 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 anyone. Fuck off. Seb, I just want to interrupt you here. Because in the last two weeks, Go on. you've put out people with Brompton bikes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've put out pianos in train stations. Yeah, yeah. You need to chill out on your journeys, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember how this started? Let people be people. You need to chill you out. You weren't telling us. You need to chill out on I your just, journeys. You've, let, be, you've let become pe- a bit of a fascist. So. Let, let people use their little bikes if I they want it? to. Let people who might not be able to afford a piano in their own home, who can play piano, go to a train station and play for and everyone else's journey. It's like James. It's often homeless people who are yeah. playing them. No, no, no. That's not. I'm not saying that. Oh, you are. Seb, you are. Seb, on these... On... We're not all like you. Fucking go around Seb's house, middle of the winter, it's like fucking Seb Bados heating. <laughs> There's no co- no cost of living crisis down the fucking... Down West London. Down the fucking Caribbean. London. If someone's pl- fucking sick on it and I'm waiting for my train, I'd... Oh, I'll see I'm that on TikTok later on or whatever. I'm not bothered. Don't see it in real life. Oh, no, Seb. No, 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 no. What has happened to Bro. you? Huh? No, Bro. no, no, no. Who hurt you? Uh? Yeah. What's happened? What, Seb, I'm... Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Another rejection letter. Sam, can I put him out? Just put him out. Sorry. Oh, Seb, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I was horrible to Andrew Lloyd Webber once. Right, so he's a horrible man. 
person. You need to you need to take a chill pill on your journeys, bro. What, yeah, what's I, gonna What's gonna be next? Yeah, I'm with you, James. You know the problem is don't people you? with funny hair. This is you know you know why this is the thing though for Seven because most of us can just like lose ourselves in whatever audio we're listening to mm. because he's got his bad ears and he has to use those bone conducting <laughs> headphones he can still hear what's going on around him uh, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't even no wonder I've not noticed them I've got my fucking headphones on noise yeah, cancellers I, I stand by it mm. it's a waste waste of time waste of space stupid it, idea what if it, it makes it someone happy what if it makes someone briefly happy Again, what if the bike makes someone's journey what, you're briefly impinging on someone else says. what's the judge you're impinging on someone else they're not out mm. I'm worried about you Seb and my outs this week are previously good Liberal men becoming becoming fascists from living in West London, becoming card-carrying fascists. This <laughs> not technically true. Or else you get a bit of my old age. We've been loving you a long time. Down all the years, down all the days. Well, you're all right. You look like you've had a stroke. I'm just. I, I think I am. <laughs> Okay, I have, yeah. Have you? James has had a stroke, so I'm just going <laughs> to yeah, yeah. pause Google the bit. symptoms. Yeah, James, I've been loving you a long time. Down all the years, down all the days. And I've cried for all your troubles, smiled at your funny little ways. Uh, this uh, has been reminding you why you love football. I have been Owen Blackhurst. He has been James Bird. Mm. He's been Seb White. Mm. He's been producer Stommy Stewart. He's been Ed in the sound booth. We've been at fucking Spiritland. Seb's not playing pianos. Birdo hasn't got a lazy eye. <laughs> Harry the Hornet's not fucking taking any prisoners. And we will see you next time. Read, listen, buy, rate, share. Stop fucking about. We know how many of you listen to it and you all haven't fucking left reviews, you lazy cunts. Get on with it. We need your fucking help. Spread the message, spread the word, or there'll be no podcast and you'll just be fucking pissing and moaning at each other in the Discord, going, I remember when they used to do that podcast. That channel will go. Gone. Magazine, that'll go. Gone. And you'll just be left to talk about your silly little flags. And you bring your dinner as well. You bring your fucking dinner as well. Yeah. And your mum's dinner. Reminding You Why You Love Football is a Monday Owl and Football co-production. Produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.